we uh, had to adjust some of our order of worship from normal. You caught me off guard, Kevin. I wasn't paying attention to the, uh, the bulletin, and I forgot I was going to preach. I mean, I knew I was going to preach, just didn't realize it was quite time, so y'all forgive me. Good morning again. My name is Craig, and I am the other pastor here, and it is our great privilege to have you gathered with us this morning as we come to worship. This morning, we begin an Advent sermon series called The Songs of Christmas, and so what we're going to be looking at over the course of the next four weeks um, are some of the songs of Christmas. Uh, some of those, we will wrestle with some of the the, the, pat, the or excuse me the history behind the songs. Uh, others will just kind of wrestle with some of the, the story behind the songs. This morning, as we have sung, sang, sung, proclaimed, hark the herald angels sing, uh, we'll be looking at the angels' declaration to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. So as you're turning to Luke chapter 2, let me give you two, uh, three reminders. First, cookies and carols tonight. It's going to be a little different than what we've done in the past. Um, 530 they'll they'll begin selling cookies in the back and open up for the silent auction Uh, six o'clock we'll come in here we're going to have all the kids up on the stage just gathered on the stage we're going to sing and we're going to read through the Christmas story a little bit at a time it it will be controlled chaos which a lot of y'all enjoy and I tolerate but it'll be a good time for everybody Um, and then uh, we'll go finish up with the silent auction all the money raised tonight Go, is split between Lottie Moon and our youth scholarship funds. So anything that you come and you buy cookies, um, or if you come and purchase something at silent auction, it all goes to a good cause. It's a lot of fun. I hope y'all come. It's a laid back uh, environment and atmosphere tonight. So y'all come and drink hot chocolate, drink coffee, eat lots of cookies, and have a good time with us. Uh, that was number one. Number two, those who are interested in going to, or the, it's not just interested, those of you who have given us your information and are going, are going with us to the prison on Tuesday. We need to meet here about 12.30. If you're going to ride with us uh, there uh, for that distribution, if we're going to ride together, we'll meet here at 12.30 to, uh, to leave on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, number three, budgets, um, proposed budgets for the 2019 church year are available, and they are on the tables here and there. So um, if you'd like to pick one of those up on the way out, we will vote on that following the morning service two weeks from today, so on December the 20th. December the 16th. If I stutter this much through my sermon, we're going to be here all day long. There is a fourth announcement, just a reminder that we have deacons and finance meeting tomorrow. Okay, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Stand with me in honor of God's word. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's pray. Father God, would you make known to us your glory? Would you make known to us, God, our Savior, Jesus, in whose name we pray? Amen.
around Christmas time, um, this story is read over and over and over again. We will read it in our home. We will read it here on, Christ- on Christmas morning. We will eat breakfast and we'll read the Christmas story again. We will read it repeatedly. It's very common parlance in the American Christmas tradition. Interestingly, I think I shared this with you last year. I'm going to tell you again in case you forgot. When the Charlie Brown Christmas special was first pitched, um, the Christmas story, of course, is an important part of that, of that Christmas special as Linus reads or, or recites Luke chapter 2. But in the original casting of this, um, network producers wanted to jettison the Christmas story. Now, remember, for those of you who believe we have a war on Christmas today and that it just started yesterday, um, this was in the 60s. Um, there was a, a, a thought that America was so secular that they would be turned off by the Christmas story. I heard somebody pronounced just this week that lots of religions celebrate Christmas and I just shook my head actually I didn't just shake my head I'm not going to lie to you sometimes I I speak before I should I heard this in a public place lots of world religions celebrate Christmas and I said no then I had to kind of rein it back in because I was fixing to make a scene the Christmas story is the hinge upon which Christmas turns Without the birth of Christ, there is no Christmas. Okay? Without the birth of Christ, there is no Christmas. We've seen an interesting turn as it relates to Christmas in the last 10 years or so. It's, it's, it's not only there, but a, a renewed emphasis that Christmas, among some argue, shouldn't be celebrated because it never actually happened. Well, Jesus was certainly born. We actually have some research now, scholarly research, to suggest that it is quite possible that Jesus was born in the winter months, perhaps, and we don't know for sure that it was December the 25th, but could it have been Christmas? Absolutely. Well, what about the shepherds and the flocks? They wouldn't have been out there in the spring. I don't know if y'all know much about the Middle East, but it's a temperate climate kind of like ours, and I'm pretty sure that sheep are outside year-round here. They're certainly outside today when it's 70 degrees. Um... And there was a necessity for sheep to be readily available near the temple so that they could be sacrificed. Does that mean that Jesus was born on December the 25th? No. Can I swear to you that Jesus wasn't born in the spring? No. Why then do we celebrate Christmas on December the 25th? Because all the pagans did and we just wanted to become pagan. No. Folks, that argument flies in the face of logic. Early Christians did everything they could to distance themselves as far away from paganism as possible. The reason that we arrived at a date that we did for December the 25th is there was a belief in ancient times that people died on either the date of their birth or the date of their conception. As they calculated the date for Jesus' death, they calculated back nine months, um, and nine months they got to the date of his conception. And then when they worked all that math out, they arrived at a date somewhere around December the 25th. Right? But if we go all the way back, we find that the, the celebration of Christmas actually predates many of the Roman pagan celebrations around December the 25th. 
Some new scholarship suggests to us that the worship of the Roman sun god may have actually been a response by Roman emperors to seek to overcome the influence of Christian worship in the Roman Empire. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we celebrate the birth of Jesus? Because he is the hinge upon which all of history turns. And we are right to celebrate his birth. We are right to proclaim the good news. Because the angels sang his arrival. And for goodness sakes, as his children, we should be singing, proclaiming, and exclaiming his arrival. Folks, I don't care how you do it. If you don't want a tree in your house or if you don't want lights, that's fine. But for goodness sakes... Don't be silent. Hark! Look! Behold! The angels sang. What did they sing? Glory to the newborn king. This morning, I want us to consider for just a few moments, what did the angels do? What did the angels do? And then if I had had more room, we try to keep it to a very short, pithy statement. What did the angels do? And in response, what should you do? First thing we see this morning in Luke chapter 2 is that the angels showed the glory of the Lord. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The angels showed the glory of the Lord. Before the shepherds knew anything else, they knew there was something going on. The night sky had exploded in light and glory. Yesterday I had to change an outlet at my house. It didn't explode. We may have overloaded it with Christmas lights, but that's none of your business. That's not true. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, it, it was just old and it had cracked. And um, uh, when we moved a chair to put the Christmas tree in, I said, ooh, that's, that's got to be fixed. And so um, yesterday I, I flipped the breaker and, of course, everything went dark. But I have this new light. <clears throat> Men, listen to me. You need one of these. I found it on a Black Friday special sale for like $14. Ricky, trust me, this thing is bright. It's on a stand. You push a button, and it, it lit up the whole... What's great, you don't have to hold it, you know? It's a work light. You just, it props up on its own little stand. And listen, I turned that thing on. Behold, the glory <laughs> shone around in the living room. It was great. Aubrey was sitting in there in the dark. I'm not sure why she was still sitting there. I walked in, and boom! I said, Angela, come here! Angela, come here! And she walked in. She said, what? I said, look at this light. She said, really, you called me in here for this? I said, baby, of course I did. This thing was $14.99. Can you believe it? It came with batteries. It doesn't take much to get me excited, you know. It's LED. It's great. You need one. I'll bring it tonight so I'm going to see it. The glory of the Lord shone around them. I was so, so proud of my light, I walked into the kitchen later and I turned the lights off and I just held the light up and said, look, Angela, honey, you don't even need lights. Look at this. We can be romantic 
by the glow of the work light. She said, there's things wrong with you. Turn the lights on. Listen to me. When the, light, when the night sky exploded with light, trust me, it was not a pithy work light. The glowing angels, messengers, proclaimers, warriors of God were on display in the night sky. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. What did the angels do? Boy, the first thing they did is they ripped off all pretense and they allowed the world to see the glory of the Lord around them. As we consider the roles of angels, recognize, recognize that one of their great purposes was to display the glory of the Lord. Now, they don't always look like this. Hebrews 13.2 even tells us that some people have entertained angels unaware. Several times in the, in the Bible, angels appeared in pretty ordinary ways without much fanfare, right? We see that happen. We see when they, uh, the angel comes to Joseph in a dream. It doesn't, it's not like Joseph seems to be terrified. They had a conversation. We see, we see angels appear in the Old Testament at a time or two, and, and they come and they say, There's, you're going to have a baby. And they go, oh, well, let me fix you something to eat. And it's not until later on that all of a sudden when the angel speaks and things begin to happen, they go, whoa, what in the world's going on? Why? Because sometimes an angel comes disguised. Sometimes an angel comes and the glory of the Lord's hidden. Like Moses' face veiled after time with the Lord on the mountain. They've hidden the glory. But when the veil is removed, there's an explosion of holy gospel light on the world. The angels showed the glory of the Lord And the glory of God was all around them. Why? Because they came announcing the birth of the king. What a coronation it must have been when Jesus was born. The second thing this morning we see is that the angels comforted the shepherds. Fear not. Why are these words important? Because as the KJV says, they were sore afraid. I deadlifted on Friday. I have been sore, afraid. Because I, I've not been in the gym a lot lately. I have kids and y'all and a wife, and I just I, and maybe I'm lazy. Let's just go with that. We'll just we'll, I'll just take full responsibility. And I've, I'm just realizing how out of shape I am. My bench press has gone down by about 100 pounds. Don't get too excited. I'm still stronger than you are. If you're t- if you're 18 and you think you're big, don't don't push me right here. I will wear you out. Okay. Our teenage boys don't get too don't don't get too confident. But I, I I hit the gym a few times this week and I have been sore afraid. Now let me explain what I mean when I'm when I say sore afraid. I've been so sore that I've been afraid to move. Now when the Bible says the angels were sore afraid, the Bible the, the, the ESV just says they were terrified. They were, did I say angels? The shepherds. They were so afraid that they were, boom, I am terrified to move. Listen to me. The angels said, do not be afraid. And the shepherds said, "Uh, okay. Okay. I got a call from school for Sloan several years ago. Um, So, man, maybe three years ago, two years ago. I don't know. He was still in preschool. 
And um, I got a call. You need to come. Sloan's giving some problem, which during those days wasn't a surprise. And I, I really don't know what was going on. I just know I walked in, and, and, and the, the director had him. He was with her, and he was beside himself, just sobbing uncontrollably. And the person was trying to explain to me everything that went on and, and trying to talk. And I just remember I, I grabbed my boy up and I held him close. And sh- this person kept talking and I was so rude. I had to apologize later because I finally I just said, Stop! I need to talk with my son. And he's just beside himself. And there was some discipline that needed to be dealt with. But the first thing that he needed to know was that he was loved and he was safe. And I held him, and he was terrified, but I said, dude, chill out, buddy, daddy is here, you're safe. The angels looked down, and they said, do not be afraid. Folks, in the presence of the Lord, we need comfort. Do you know that? In the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the glory of God, we need comfort. The Bible teaches us that when Moses went up on the mountain, Moses said, or God said to Moses, listen, don't let anybody come near the mountain. He says, as a matter of fact, don't let, them get, don't, don't let them touch it. Don't let them get near it. He says, look, don't even let the animals get near it. Because if they get close, they're going to die. The Bible teaches us that the glory of the Lord was so potent that when the Ark of the Covenant was carried, they weren't to carry the Ark on human hands. They had poles, big, long poles that went in on the sides. They had little hooks that went in on the side of the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant is just a box. With, with things that contained what? That contained artifacts from the his, history of Israel. But the top of that box is all overlaid in gold. And the top of that box represents the very throne of God. Remember we talked about that in Ezekiel just a few weeks ago on a Sunday night. That when Ezekiel saw his vision and the cherubim were there, these terrifying creatures, that's what he saw. Cherubim of God. Where do we see the cherubim? They're on the mercy seat. They're actually on the top of the Ark of the Covenant. They are the throne of God. This box with the cherubim is the, is, is, is the metaphorical throne of God. And it is the holiest of all things on earth. So when they carry it, they don't carry it with defiled hands. There are golden poles that are shoved in along the sides. And so when, the, when the, 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 the priests get ready to carry it, when the Levites get ready to carry it, they, they pick it up, they put it up on their shoulders. They don't touch the ark. It's holy. They walk. Well, during the time of King David, the ark had been captured. They said they're going to bring the ark back. Remember the story? The Bible says that as they were walking, not according to God's declared commands. They weren't carrying it with poles so it would be safe and secure. They'd loaded it onto an ox cart and it's going along and it's rough and it's rocky and it, and it hits a bump and it begins to tilt. And the Bible says that Uzzah reached out his hand to stay the ark of the Lord. And the Bible says that God struck him dead right there on the spot. Because Uzzah was a bad man? No. Because Uzzah did wrong? Eh? Why did God strike him dead? Because Uzzah had the wrong intentions? Absolutely not. Because Uzzah didn't listen. Because the glory of the Lord is too much for a man to touch. We've got to have an intercessor. It's terrifying to fall into the hands of an angry God. The Bible says the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel spoke and said, fear not. Folks, do you speak messages of comfort to the world around you? Fear not. 
How many of you need to hear this message of comfort today? Fear not! Folks, despair and depression and darkness and fear and shame can overwhelm us. It can engulf us. Hurt and pain can rob us of our joy. And yet here at Christmas, the angels speak, even as they spoke to the shepherds, to you today. Fear not. Why? For behold, we bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Why? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels showed the glory of the Lord. The angels comforted the shepherds. And then, number three, the angels pronounced Christ's birth. You see, here's the great comfort. They announced Christ's birth. You ever had somebody come to you? You ever been afraid? Any of you ever been afraid of the dark? Go ahead and admit it. Anybody? Most of y'all have been afraid of the dark. Y'all just liars. We've all been afraid of the dark at some point. Right? You, 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 they, and, and then somebody says, well, don't be afraid. Well, why shouldn't I be afraid? See, this is what's crazy. Sometimes we walk into, well, don't be afraid. Well, why shouldn't I be afraid? There's a monster at the door. Well, if I can open the door and show you there's, there's no monster, then I've actually worked to overcome that fear. But what if I say, no, there's not, and I open the door, and whoa, <laughs> there he is waiting on you. Look, I can't act, I don't have the, the right to tell you not to be afraid. Sloan, when he first, another Sloan story, last one for the day. Um, we, three years in, we celebrated our Sloan anniversary a few weeks ago. And, um, and uh, we, we called Wyatt Monster since he was born. Most of y'all don't, that's, that's kind of a family thing. That's what, I, I just, that's what I've always called him, and, and, um, uh, and, and Sloan was terrified. We kept talking about monster, monster, monster. And Sloan finally said, I am afraid of monsters. Well, it wasn't with us when Sloan came to us. He was off with a friend when we picked up Sloan. So we had two nights with Sloan before Wyatt even had, got a chance to meet him. And I, I was able to pull out a picture and say, no, 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 no. This, this. It's safe. It's okay. This is Wyatt. He's your brother. The angel said, fear not. And the shepherd said, have you lost your mind? Can you look in the mirror? You're terrifying. Why are the angels terrifying? We talked about this before. We talked about this an awful lot. Because the angels are not the fluffy, fat things that we find in Christian bookstores. Right? They're horrible in Isaiah's vision of the Lord, they pronounce holy, 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 back and forth, over and over. These are the seraphim of God. You know what seraphim means? The fiery serpents. These are fiery ones who are standing over the presence of God with six wings. They're in the presence and they're proclaiming holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah falls down and said, woe is me. Don't let them touch me. Then we have the cherubim of God. The cherubim are the ones that God sent to guard the entrance to the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had sinned. What did they carry? Flaming swords. Remember the story of Balaam? Balaam's the guy who was a prophet. And he was hired to prophesy against God's people. And on his way there... The Bible teaches he's riding along on his donkey. And the donkey 
keeps kind of nudging over and nudging over, and Balaam's beating the donkey and screaming at the donkey, and, and the donkey pushes him up against a wall, and he's got his leg pinched. And the Bible says that Balaam strikes, and what are you doing, you donkey? The Bible says that, that the donkey actually spoke. Y'all see that on Sunday mornings a lot, so it's not too much of a miracle. There you go. But the Bible says that he spoke. He says, why are you hitting me? I'm your friend. I've taken care of you all these years. He said, what are you doing? You won't take me down the road. And he says, look up. And the Bible says the Lord opened his eyes and he could see what the donkey had saw. And there stood in the middle of the road an angel with a sword ready to kill him. And he says, you better change your tune. The angels of God are terrifying. Hollywood rarely does justice to the Bible, but some years ago they did a pretty good uh, Bible um, mini-drama on network television. I appreciated the way that the story of Sodom and Gomorrah was told as the angels rescued the people. Boy, these angels were the kind of angels I could get on board with. They did a pretty good job. They look like Captain America on steroids. They've got swords. They're just, they're just killing people left and right. They're grabbing them by the hand and dragging them out. Don't look back. we got to go. These are the angels that stood in the presence of these shepherds. Do not be afraid. Can you imagine? Their swords are sheathed. What if the flaming sword? What if the angel kind of steps up like this, just so you can see? He's got his robe pushed back. Angels' wings are flared wide. He's, there are trumpeters that are coming. The glory of the Lord is shining. And this giant flaming sword is in the sheath. Maybe they're like samurai angels and they're on their back and there's two of them. And they're standing and there's, there's fire and they're speaking. And they say, don't be afraid. The shepherds go, you've lost your mind. Afraid, if I could dig a hole and die right now, I would. But then the angels pronounce this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. You ready? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Why were the angels so terrifying? Because the shepherds were so sinful. And as they stood in the presence of a holy God, all of their sins were laid bare. They knew in that moment that there was nothing they could do. And in that place the angels pronounced to them the good news the gospel the glorious great message unto you is born this day a savior there's somebody to save you from me and the shepherds say thank god we don't have to bear up under the terrible tyranny of these magnificent creatures Do you know that it is only Jesus that can make us clean to stand in the presence of the Father? Only Christ! We all stand before Him sinful, dirty, rotten. And yet, God loved the world so much that all, all, that's what they said, good news for all, that all the world all who will call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. 
It's the hope of the world. It's the hope of you. And folks, it is the hope of Christmas. Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels pronounced Christ's birth. Folks, how many of you need to hear today that Jesus was born to take away your sin and your sorrow and your shame? He was. That Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That He is that great one that was prophesied about in the Old Testament over and over and over again. He is the Son of God. And He died for you. The angels pronounced Christ's birth. And then finally this morning, the angels declared the glory of God. Watch this. We've got this sort of glory sandwich here. The first thing they did was showed the glory, but then they declared the glory. Turn on over to 2. Well, you don't mind I have to turn, but 2.14. The Bible says the angels pronounced glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Glory to God in the highest. They didn't just show the glory of God. They didn't just comfort the shepherds. They didn't just pronounce Christ's birth. They brought it all the way back. They made the main thing the main thing. Once they got the message out, once they got the fear out of the way, they reminded the shepherds that we came here to bring glory to the Lord. Shepherds, it's still not all about you, and that's a good thing. Glory to God in the highest, because when He is glorified, then on earth, those with whom He is well pleased can be Peaceful, they can experience joy and hope. They showed the glory, then they declared the glory. But I can't help but wonder if the shepherds didn't walk away going, how in the world is it that we can be pleased, pleasing to the Lord? And on earth, peace among those with whom He is well pleased. Who are those with whom he is well pleased if we are sinners who deserve punishment in a real place called hell how in the world is it that God could ever be pleased with us and the answer lies in the baby in a manger who lived a perfect sinless life for 33 years and became our Savior on the cross, who bled and died for our sin and our shame, who took our punishment on the cross of Calvary so that we might be saved. He was really buried in the grave, and on the third day He rose again. Why? For the glory of the Lord and the good of His people. And God is glorified in the birth, the death, the resurrection of His Son, and He's glorified in the salvation of sinners, and He's glorified in the expansion of His kingdom. And He is pleased with who? Jesus Here is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That was the words that God gave to Jesus, that God spoke over Jesus at the transfiguration in the presence of three of his disciples. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. And what is the Bible going to teach us? That when we become Christians, when we give our life to Christ, we become what? Sons and daughters of God, co heirs with Jesus. You can be that one with whom he is well pleased. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. 
One of the greatest dangers of Christmas is that it can become so repetitive and mundane that it ceases to be powerful and real. That we can sing so many Christmas carols. Listen, I can sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing with my eyes closed. Um, Well, that was kind of a dumb thing to say, but you get what I'm saying. By by memory. Just leave me alone. It's been a long day. How often do we take the time to consider what it is that we're singing? Do we? How often do we even work diligently to focus on some of those spiritual, scriptural songs at Christmas? I love to dream of a white Christmas. I still am. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen this year. i got confidence. Just work with me. If we all believe it, it could happen. I think so. I watched some Christmas movies this week. But look, for all the the, the fun Christmas songs that exist in the world, how much time should we spend investing in those things that teach us about what really matters at Christmas? Thinking carefully about what it is that we are celebrating. Hark! The herald angels sing. What do they sing? Glory to whom? To the newborn king. If we watch enough news, we can get all up in arms about the war on Christmas and the war on this and the war on that, and we can decide that we're not going to buy from, from a store that says Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas, and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And y'all, all that's, I, I, that, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to argue with you about that. But here's my greatest question is not where you're going to spend your dollars, but how are you going to spend your time? What if the greatest war on Christmas isn't what the world is waging against the church? What if the greatest war on Christmas might be how the church is not representing Christ well to the world around it? How different might our world be if God's church looked like God's angels? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. How might the world be different if we spent time with the world around us and said, Don't look at me, look at him. What if we went to the people who are hurting and in pain and we looked at them and said, fear not. They say, what in the world? I've got plenty to be afraid of. If you looked around, this world's a scary place. Why shouldn't I be afraid? There's a monster at the door. You open the door. You say, behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. They say, what good news you guys say? I got Jesus. I became aware just this week of a strange European Christmas tradition that I, I had no idea existed. There was, I, I guess it didn't happen. There was supposed to be a, 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 um, a, a festival for Krampus here in Camden this week. Um, just weird, pagan, and, 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 and when I say pagan, I mean pagan, as in, as in Norse mythological pagan deity demon god uh or, 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 or excuse me goat demon i mean that's that's what it is it's a and it's a, it's a european uh worship uh of this um arose in germanic areas looks a lot like the original Grimm's fairy tales that are just terrifying um Still is celebrated in some places, but it's beginning to, to, to gain momentum again, or, or, or here in, in, in the States. And it's beginning to get, gain momentum because, uh, honestly, I think because people are longing for something and they, they're not finding it in Jesus. They're longing to feel and experience something, but it's, it's strange, it's terrifying. Like the, the, the festivals, the parades involve young men getting drunk, 
putting on demon masks and costumes. I'm not, like y'all are going to think I'm exaggerating this. I'm telling the truth. Wearing cowbells and carrying whips and chains and running through the streets attacking people. What? In some of these areas, this, this goat demon is, is said to, to be the one who comes and takes away all the bad children. It takes place on the 5th of December, which is the day before the Catholic feast, the Catholic holiday Saint of St. Nicholas, St. Nicholas Day. So the goat demon comes to take away the bad kids, and St. Nicholas comes to give presents to the good kids. We live in a world that's running to scary things. I don't get it. I watched some of these, these parade videos online this week and have children standing at the front and these, and I mean literal goat demons that are coming up with the parents standing there and this, this person dressed as a demon comes down and caresses the child's face with claws. Angel and I watched that this week and I said, baby doll, God put me in this earth and gave me children to protect them from something like that. Not to expose them to something like that. I never thought that I would have to write a letter and publish it to our own community that just urged them at Christmas to not turn to the demonic, but instead to run to the light. Couldn't, like, I just couldn't believe it. Turn to the light of Christ. Blows my mind. Why in the world at Christmas would I want to take my children and terrify them when the Bible proclaims good news of great joy, which will be for all the people? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The shepherds were terrified, but they weren't terrified because of a demon. They were terrified in the presence of the King of kings and the glory of the Lord that shone around God's angels. But God doesn't look at his children and say live in fear. God looks at his children and says fear not, for behold. That behold word, we don't use it much. We probably should. It's like... Look! With an exclamation point. you got to really get that that inflection when you say it. It can't just be look. Look! Behold! Think of it this way. Fear not! Don't look over here! But look! Over there! Don't look at the scary! Look at the good news! I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This morning, this morning, would you glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords? The Bible teaches us that angels long to look in on us at the worship that we're able to offer. We have unique privileges as God's children. Angels are not his image bearers, but we are. They'll never be referred to as his children, but we are. And of all all creatures, great and small, human beings, more than anything else, should be seen as those that are falling down on their faces, faces, And crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. And here at Christmas, we have so much more to sing about.
and the two front teeth we've lost. There's a great king who has been born. And we've been invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. The darkness sought to overcome him. But the light has prevailed. This morning as we sing, perhaps you'd come and pray and just praise the Lord. Maybe from your seat, the thing you need to do today more than anything else is to raise your hand and cry out with a loud voice to the Lord as we sing and make a joyful noise. Maybe today you need to come and say, Craig, say, Pastor Craig, the darkness is closing in. I need the light. Can you tell me where I might be saved? I'm afraid. Whatever it is the Lord's leading you to do. However it is the Lord is impressing upon you. Maybe today you are terrified, but you need to hear me say, fear not. Christ has been born for you. Whatever it is the Lord may be leading you towards this morning, would you respond as we sing? Join with me in prayer. Father in heaven, be glorified in your children today. Lord, we pray that our praises... Lord God, would be your throne. Lord God, would you ride upon them? Would you hear them? Would you move among us in Jesus' name? Amen.